0: Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey
1: everybody, good morning and welcome to Business Aspirin a podcast to help business owners get started and get going. I have our guest today, Tom Gissler with Restoration 1. Tom, how are you doing right. this morning?
0: Fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm excited. I'm really happy to have you be here. So,
1: the goal of our podcast, Tom, is to help our listeners listeners understand various different things about what it is to run a business, own a business, grow a business, develop a business and look for problems. And I mean, obviously business aspirin is like, we're trying to solve those pain points and you know, full well, there are pain points associated with business. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Tom and how you got in the industry and about restoration one
0: and all the things that are you. Yeah, thank you. So I've got over 20 years now, it's hard to believe, uh, for an industry that I fell backwards into and didn't even intend to get involved in. Somebody told me the other day something that really made sense for me. They said, I've been in the industry this long because I always love it just a little more than I hate it, which really which really <laughs> Amen, resonated. <right>? Amen. <laughs> I used to tell people that I felt like restoration would waterboard me. In other words, <laughs> it would be this deal where it would be like, oh, you're going out of business. It's drying up. There hasn't been any weather events. It's all going away. And about the time you're like, well, I guess I'll sell my assets and maybe go manage a Burger King. There'd be something that would happen and it would come roaring back. And uh, over the long course of a career, I've grown and grown and grown, but there have been some terrifying moments. So yeah, started out with ServPro on the corporate side. After a few years of being a field consultant, I transferred into uh, being an actual franchisee with a partner in the Houston market. We grew that SurfPro franchise to be uh, really, really large and uh, started doing large loss work when in SurfPro, now that's that's fairly uh, common, but at the time it was uncommon. That drew the attention of Belfour, who hired me away to run their. Houston shop, and so I sold out to my partner, went to Belfort, they did a management buyout, which sort of left me in the cold, and then I went to work for Puraclean, and uh, then opened up a couple of independent companies and sold those, went to work for Ritec, got fired from Ritec, (laughs) and then there was this moment we won't have time to talk about where I had a midlife crisis and went into law enforcement for three years, Um, and then, then that came to a sudden end during the riots in Atlanta. When I decided, I want to be here for this, <laughs> and uh, and now I'm at Restoration One. The I, I, I'm so incredibly excited to be at Restoration One because. It's a different kind of an animal than any of the other companies that I've been around in the sense that we are not a program oriented shop, that we uh, it is part of our mission and our values and just our culture to put people over programs. And um, that's made all the difference in just in, in renewing my faith in the industry, number one. And two, just my general interest as a guy that's, uh really loves challenges, this has been extremely fun. So that's the the Cliff Notes version.
1: Yeah, well, there's two things that are nuggets that I really like from that. The last statement you just made was people over programs. And I think that's significant. We talk about your values and, and mission and your vision and all that is prioritizing your number one asset, which is your people, uh, and putting that over chasing the dollar through in our industry, what we're talking about, which is program work um, and program work is hard thing to navigate. Right. Um, and it's one of those things that everybody you talk to is working the best they can to get away from it as much as they possibly can. Right. And you guys have been able to accomplish that, right? Like you yes. don't do really much of that and kudos to you. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. The second thing that I thought was really significant that I really like uh, in terms of all entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. whether they're starting a lawn care business or a pool business or a restoration in restoration, we know full well the cyclical nature of work, right? So you stated, yeah, man, maybe I should sell my assets and it's time to go on to something else. And that's the moment that so many people actually do give up. And right. that's where you don't get the success. Like, I mean, I remember at one point we were getting this thing started, not the job doc side, not business Asper, but Mr. Restore. And I I remember I had some assets uh, because I had a couple of real estate pieces of property that I still had that were, we were in the process of selling, but trying to get this thing going. I remember having like, I think I had a thousand dollars left in my name. Yeah. Safe, right. Yeah. That was it. And it was right.
0: like,
1: Oh, you know, brand new kid. Um uh, just trying to navigate some of that. So what would you say to those starting a business that are in that position um, in regard to, I'm going to throw my hands up and just give up. What, what's the advice there, Tom?
0: Man, listen, it's, so I, I'll answer the question is in complete honesty, but I feel like when you get into that zone, the advice gets to be, at least for me, it gets to be a little woo-woo. In other words, it's there's not a lot of advice that I can give. Well, buckle down, see if you could cut expenses, and all those things might be true, but it really, for me, boils down to what does it mean? What is the chief responsibility of an entrepreneur, of of a business owner? And so often we want to concentrate on, you know, well, I got to know my books and I got to know my KPIs and I got to be able to, you know, know where I fall within the industry. And all that is true. You know, I need to maintain state of the science and restoration and make sure that I've, you know, got good customers. All that's true. But, the fact of the matter is if you're running a successful business you're going to be backing out of a lot of that step by step and really the role that you ultimately end up with that you can't give away is that person who maintains the vision even in the darkness that is 100% your role and and you're right in my life and in so many other people's lives, what I've seen is that that dark day of the soul, that time when you're a business owner, you've got a ton of assets. In fact, from the outside, somebody looking in would say, Your business is killing it. And uh-huh. you know, you're trying to figure out, can I afford pizza? Which bill am I going to skip? I've reinvested in this thing, but you're carrying that all on your shoulders. If you give up, it is. Almost always just a yard short of the touchdown. I mean, you are right there. So, so let me say all that say this. What I have chosen to, what's gotten me through is the ability to say, I've had nothing before. I have you know, lost all kinds of things. I've owed the tax man. I've gone to get money for gas and all my money's been frozen by the IRS. I've made huge mistakes in my life. But the one thing that always keeps me going is don't be afraid to flame out. Don't be afraid to put all the chips in and go all in and say, we're going to ride this just past the bitter end. People get afraid. They're like, well, am I going to be homeless? Am I going to lose this? Are I going to lose that? The fact of the matter is, man, listen, starting over is not the worst thing in the world. And having a hard time in business often highlights those areas that are real needs that are going to hold you back. So we can be actually thankful for those hard times. So learning to, and I'm just talking off the top of my head, learning yeah. to say, this looks bad, There's every reason in the world to take this situation seriously and even have that element of panic and a catch in your throat. Let's breathe. Let's take a couple of deep breaths in and let's just get through today. Let's get through tomorrow. Let's figure out what's right directly in front of me. And restoration has an an almost magical way of rewarding that by saving your bacon at the last minute. And what happens is, That won't happen just once. That'll happen. You'll make a different set of mistakes and then it'll save your bacon. Then you'll make it different. But over the course of time, you'll find yourself really having learned a ton of things through failure. Failure is our best teacher. So we shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, that's generally speaking. That's that's what I would say. No,
1: I, I think. And that's great, man. And I love it. You know, and it's. Being just one yard away from the touchdown is absolutely accurate, right? And so many times we just give up because we think that we're going to fail at that point. And again, we're all afraid of failing. We're, especially in today's social media world, we're afraid of what people are going to see or think or do or any of that kind of stuff. And I think there needs to be more transparency about sometimes you got to be willing to go for it. So for me, I think part of that to tie exactly into what you're saying is what was the pain that caused you to try to do this to begin with? And is that pain worse or not worse? Do you want to go back to that pain? Because you didn't just start this because you just wanted to start. There was something that forced you to make this decision to start this business. What is your why? Why did you do that? And if that's the case, if this pain is less painful over here, then go back to it. Yeah. Right. But if you quit too soon, you're going to have that regret of, dang it, man. What if I could have done that and made it work? And I would say some of it, some of it isn't even mistakes. Some of it is just, I mean, COVID for instance, right? Yeah. Like suddenly you're trying to run a restoration business and you got to be in people's houses and everybody's freaked out to even talk to anybody. And as a result, you can't be on their property and people are home more. So they're stopping water losses and whatever the case may be, uh, it just changes the game. And so it's being willing to attack some of that, you know, and kind of just jump in it. You know, I, I think it's, think that's significant, right? So what are some of the things like you mentioned a little bit about you've had mistakes? Are there any of those you want to talk about mistake wise that you've made? And obviously, those are hard to fix. So what, what was some of the mistakes or one or two of the mistakes? And then what was the fix? And what did it take to do that?
0: Number one, probably super common is I have an element of myself that feels like and this is especially true on the sales and marketing side of the equation a relatively easy time giving up the operational side, the tech side of things um, probably because I'm sort of lazy on the inside and the last thing I want to do is pull carpet at two in the morning so I'm very very quick to hire on that side. but when it when it comes time to managing my business and um, especially the sales and marketing, I would really grip, On to things that I thought no one can do this better than me. No one can possibly do this element of the business better than I can. And as a result, I would unintentionally bottleneck the growth of my business because everything had to go through me. And there was just this stacking up of priorities. And sometimes that was estimating, right? It was like, well, I have to look at every estimate before it goes out to make sure it's perfect. And then it was meetings. And as your company would grow, I would find myself in this frantic trying to keep up with this own machine that I'd given. And I was like, man, this is making me unhappy. Sure. And I would blame it on the business or the carrier or the or the weather event or the blah, blah, blah. What it was was me being unwilling to take a step back in my business, empower others to do and be willing to pick up pieces and teach and have people go through, hopefully, a shortened version of my own journey as I went along. And what I found was when I did that, the people that I invested in, not universally, but by and large, would rise to the occasion and my business would just take off and reach that next level not because I doubled down on my involvement, because I actually stepped back and doubled down on my actual real role in the company that no one could replace. So, you know, in broad strokes, I think that would be what I would
1: and, say. And that's hard to do,
0: right? It's hard to, to step hard to.
1: back and to trust people to to do some things the way that you need them done. And I, And I will say, like. I grew up in the plumbing, and air conditioning business and my grandfather started a plumbing company in like 1942. Uh, and then my dad went to work for him and then started an HVAC company out of that. And both of them are wired to the level of things need to be done a certain way and need to be done perfectly. And I recognize, I'm grateful that I watched this, right. And worked with them in all of this because I recognized that neither of them really have the opportunity to grow if you're going to have to have your hands on everything. Right. Half the jobs that run through our through Mr. Restore, our restoration company, I know very little about. I can't anymore to, that's right. in order to create a growth that allows my team to succeed and or fail. And, and then it's just, okay, I'll get involved if we have to fix some problems and see what needs to be done there. And then it's a matter of, can we fix these problems? Are they going to be so detrimental that we can't get past them? Um, or is it possible that we can still recover and rise from these failures. So, I mean, I I love that statement that you're making right there.
0: Yeah, you mentioned one of the jobs that I eventually put into sort of my core services. So I would sort of whittle my job down to what is it that I should be doing? First, I had to get out of my own job mentality. I mean, you have to get out of that headspace that this is my job. And so I should put in X amount of hours doing something. Do I feel productive? There's a guilt sometimes, you know, these people Absolutely. working for me, they're going to work hard. I should be out there in the grind, in the mix. You'll frequently really hobble your business. So one of the things, and this is even more important now, if I am a business owner today, I am putting hours a week into always hiring in my business constantly searching for even if i don't have an open position what i've noticed is if i am always hiring if it's always on the top of my mind to be looking for that next talented person wherever i go restaurant home depot teachers leaving teaching cops leaving policing you know you know getting getting out of the mindset of well they got to have iicrc certifications or industry knowledge if i'm just looking for attitude and skill set if I'm out there preaching that message and having a line of people waiting, two things happen. One, you're able to hire faster because you've got a, a pipeline. But then you're also, and this is hard to acknowledge, but in a, in a larger organization, you're always going to have somebody in your organization that you really ought to replace. You know, yeah. they got a bad attitude. You're a little suspicious. They're not doing the right thing. But in restoration, we're always loath to let somebody go because the second you do the storm hits, you know, the opportunity comes up and man, I wish I had that guy back. Yeah. Yeah, man, I know. That if so you're well. always replacing your least effective person with someone that's coming in new, it, it does a couple of things. One, you're always up in your team, and there's an effect. If we're being honest, that the team knows, man, I better perform because there's a talent pool coming in at the bottom of this thing all the time, and that's really made a big difference too. So that's just one of the core competencies. And I love that. that. Yeah, I love that information. That's awesome. Yeah. So
1: like you, a lot of good information. I mean, we, we could have stuck the podcast a long time ago with some nuggets of information that are brilliant, man. And Tom, I appreciate that. Is there something that you know now that you wish you would have known? Like, I wish somebody would have told me that before I started down this path.
0: Yes, actually. Uh, okay. Very recently, I think. I <laughs> Probably way late to this game. When I'm hiring salespeople, I was trying to hire people that I felt like could sell. I got burned a few times by hiring the shiny sales guy that had been a couple of places and was going to come with a book of business. And that never worked out for me. And I always paid him a whole bunch of money and never really got it back out of it. So I was burned on that. So I went to the, you know, find the raw material I think if now what I would do if I was starting over is is I would think about my marketplace in verticals, hospital, hospitality, you know, childcare, education, whatever. And when I was going after a vertical, I would go for someone in that vertical and I would hire them out of that. And then I would use them as an entree into it because they know the language, they know sort of the buying motives and all that. I think that would really shortcut, and I think that's what a lot of successful restoration companies do. And I'm a little late to the game on that. Well, that's um, brilliant, right? Yeah. So I think brilliant. that's probably one one lesson among a zillion because yeah. I've made every mistake in the book. Sure. <laughs> but, no, man, I've yeah. got plenty of them. I've got plenty of them. <laughs> You've
1: had a lot of success. Yeah. Do you Do you have something that you would point to as
0: your biggest challenge along this path? Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what's my biggest challenge right now. Okay. So I'm a hard driver and I'm a hard driver on myself, primarily, meaning I wake up early. There's a little bit of an imposter syndrome in my mind that always says, you know, you're not doing well enough. You're not going hard enough. You can work a little harder, you know, and that's been successful in my life. And there are times when I will look at, I will approach people in my life. It could be family, employees, any, anyone. And I will proactively, in an unsolicited manner, say, hey, man, do you know if you did this or this better, you would crush. And, I, and I'm saying it out of love, out of kindness. I'm saying, look, man, you've got this little pebble that's holding up your skateboard. If we can get this out of the way, which is an easy fix, you're going to go so much faster. If I'm not careful, what I mean is love, is encouragement, can come across as criticism. And it can have the opposite effect that I want it to have because I'm speaking in the way that I speak to myself out loud to others without respect to how they need to be spoken to to receive my message and I think that I can come across as bullying and I think at times if I'm being really honest tyrannical and I really have to learn continue to learn and work on The fact that not everyone's going to be as driven as me, not everyone's going to have Mm. the priorities that I have. That doesn't mean that they can't be a successful team member. They can't add value. That doesn't mean that they're a worse person than me. In fact, I need people around me that aren't me so that I can fill gaps in myself. But yeah, I think I'm really always trying to work on my communication so that I don't accidentally hurt the people I'm trying to help, if that makes any sense. Mm.
1: Yeah, man. I I tell you, I think we're wired so much alike Um, (laughs) and and it's hard to recognize that in yourself. Right. right? I'm so grateful that you've recognized it. And honestly, I'm glad you said it again because it helps me go back and go, "Mm," because I know that about me and I have to watch it and i am guarded against it. And part of it is like the way I'm wired. I'm so focused and driven on what needs to be done in the next step. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I don't like you. But when I come in, it's there's these things that I need to address because that's what's in my brain. And that's what woke me up at 2 AM that I need to get off of my head so we can talk about and navigate this stuff. And it may not be that you did anything wrong, but I may come in and not say, Hey man, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Right. Uh, how, you know, how are things going at the house? Any of that kind of stuff. So just you saying that is helpful for me even to yeah. recognize that and go, okay, I need to, I need to recalibrate on that um, and, and focus on that the right way, man. So that's brilliant. Dude, like, literally, there's several times we could have just stopped this podcast. I'm going to watch this one myself multiple times again, <laughs> just because I appreciate what's going on. Um, but I want to be cognizant of your time and, yeah. and make sure. Yeah, do I,
0: I do have a, a busy morning, but man, I'm like you. Let's do this again. Let's have a part uh, yeah, two. Yeah, we might have man. to have a part two. <laughs> Is
1: there anything else right now that you want to share with anybody real quick before we we say goodbye?
0: Well, specific to the restoration industry, and I don't know if that's 100% of who listens or who your audience is, but specific to restoration, I really want to partner with anyone outside of my brand, outside of even the, the, you know, whatever the space that is, if you want to have a conversation about how we can bring restoration back to a people-focused, service-based industry that disrupts. The commodification of this insurance repair industry, which is what the carriers are are ultimately pushing for. And if I was a carrier, I'd be doing the same thing. Absolutely. Pushing back on that to bring more focus back to the home and business owners that we service on a daily basis, I think that's only beneficial to the insurance industry. And I think that it's going to take more than Restoration One, going to take more than your company, more. It's going to take a band of us not being jealous of each other or saying, oh, if I help you, then will you take my jobs? There's more than enough work for all of us. You talk to me, you know, let's yeah, have a conversation. Exactly. And, yeah. and everybody, if you're listening and you're wanting to jump in the restoration space or you're just
1: wanting to start a business uh, and yeah. you don't know what you want to do. Restoration One, um, you can find them. It's the the number one, not spelled out one. Um, you can find them online at restorationone.com, right? Yes. Um, And they're headquartered in Waco. Great organization, great group of people. I've spent some time even in their office down there and have enjoyed meeting all of them every time we've gone there. They've been very accommodating and friendly and I've enjoyed that. Um, So guys, if you're looking to do something like hit these guys up and talk to them. Uh, And what he's saying is true because I know know of some other conversations with other groups that you guys are having uh, individually. And so he's not lying when he's saying hey let's build a group and a team even if we're not on the same boat right now right let's move all the ships the right direction and man i kudos to that yeah. tom you're awesome man i appreciate having you with us for those of you listening tom Gisler with restoration one uh and i appreciate having you here man and uh looking forward to doing this again because i think there's going to be a version two of this one for sure yeah, i hope so appreciate you clint thanks for being on
0: This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.